Oh my gosh. So when I started this podcast, <laughs> I really was like, hey, this is going to be great. I'm going to document, right, and tell this story. And I don't know where this story is going to go, but I'm going to tell every part of it. It is going to be somewhere, which is a very scary thing to do. Because think about yourself. If you're bringing every personal thought and and motion towards healing yourself, inevitably this is therapy out loud. If you're bringing all of that to a public place where anyone can access it at any time, any part of your journey, ooh, isn't that scary? Then let me go ahead and level that up for you. Then do it in a place where people literally know every single house that's purchased in the town. Like they go on and research, oh, who bought that house? Okay, I know who they are. I mean, everything. Like imagine, can you? Can you imagine? And you're just giving them full access to you. Every part of the story. They can go ahead and gossip and think and, and know every piece. And take teeny tiny little pieces of it. You know, if they only listened to, to one episode of one time, that could have been one day that was bad. And that could be their forever perception of you. Isn't that wild? Anyways, so today I'm like talking through, I don't remember where I started, but I came to an amazing and very important conclusion, <laughs> which is why this is so important. Okay. This is why journaling and reflecting and counseling and um, therapy are really important. And I think the podcast and my personal journal became a part of my own therapy. And as I'm thinking through and talking about a story that I've been telling myself, which is, I get really nervous to put things down on paper because I, I fear commitment and I don't actually, I don't fear commitment. And so when I would say that, I always felt kind of weird saying it because it really didn't feel like it fit, but I had to explain it some way. And that was the only way that I had come to know describing that, that that's probably what it is because most of the people around me, that's what it is for them. And so it's like, well, that's probably it. I'm just, I don't like having my calendar bogged down with things, but I do, I do. And I love putting things on my calendar. And I don't miss meetings and I don't fear commitment. And I'm not late for things that I have on my calendar. So it didn't fit. The story that I was telling myself really didn't fit. The story that I was telling other people didn't really fit. But I've been kind of allowing other people to come into my life and, and help and think about this. Like, what is the issue here? For people who are planners, like why, what's your problem, Hannah? Right? Why can't we do this? And as I've been having to explain that to people, I've been getting a lot of clarity. And then this final piece of clarity and the tool that I need to build myself came today on this episode when I go, oh my gosh, yeah, 
I don't fear that. I fear the fold. I don't fear the schedule. I fear the fold. I fear that something important in the vision will fall off because I operate in my month, in the month that it's right in front of me. And if I can't physically see all of the months, and that's why digital calendars don't work very well for me, I can't see all of the months at one time, I struggle. And I can't name a planner. Name it. You can't. But we're about to build one. So yay! Here we go. Uh, And it's just how my brain works. And so I talked through all of that today. And I have that realization today. And I am so happy to be kind of healed. And not healed, but to have had people pushing me on that, pushing me to get better, pushing me, like hiring the expectation, saying that we know that you're capable of doing this and what is the problem and and pushing me past my own limitations. Gosh, I'm blessed in this life to have so many beautiful people. Ugh. Let's go. Hey. You're on this journey, on this season five vibe, and everything season five, as I'm forecasting what it will look like, is all about settling into the being, the knowing, transitioning from believing to knowing, and fine-tune, correcting what that looks like, and just living. And we started out this show, you know, really thinking that this was going to happen overnight. And one of my greatest accomplishments of all of this will be just continuing on and showing an example, a real life example of what it looks like to turn your life around. And so if you're just happening upon this show in season five, you should know there are four other seasons that have followed me on this journey this journey of turning my life around, this journey of finally getting to this place where I wasn't angry and spiteful and hateful and ego-driven. It really follows all of that. So you can go back to the start. What I will caution you is that it is unedited and pure and raw. And I was still very much in that ego hate phase of my life and it's all lived out loud and this whole journey has been lived out loud in truth so you will hear me venturing into businesses that if you follow the link that i am promising you will be there you will end up lost you are not going to get there just know that um but it's It's all about that journey. It was real. It was real right then. That business I was developing, that program, that course, that whatever, it was real and this is all real. This is me living my life out loud so we can all do our dreams. Hey yo, welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast where we do dreams and we figure some dreams out and we go 
after them. And part of going after them is knowing what they are. And the dream shifts. The dream shifts, folks. Okay? It's going to look different than it did when you were 20 or when you were 18. Life happens. And we got to just constantly reassess where we're at, what's possible from this point. Constant reassessment. Constant, constant reassessment. Constant. Okay. Okay, okay. We good? Is that what we want? Is that what we want to do? Let's do that. And that reassessment just means we're looking at life where we are and and not using that as something that holds us in a certain place because anything is possible, okay? And there are places so I could not go back and become a college athlete again. Now, maybe, I don't know, whatever, right? I can't go back. But at the point that I was at, there was still some athletic dreams that I could accomplish. I could not accomplish them as an athlete, but I could still accomplish them. And so I did that. And, you know, you had to assess the situation. Hannah, you can't do high school again. You'll never be winning a state title. And that might be what we say to ourselves, but it also might not be because maybe we can do it in a different way. And so reassessing your situation, realizing which dreams are off the table, which ones do you still just need to kind of check off to give yourself validation that you are amazing and capable of going after what you want. And that's kind of where we pick this story up at. And we say, okay, what do you want? And what I always wanted was to be a writer, to be a storyteller, even more than a writer or an author. Because I feel like sometimes that's this like over-fantasized life. Um, I think my true calling is just to to tell the story of a, of a life experience and to do that from this lens. And I feel so blessed to have so many people within my stratosphere, within my circle, that I get to tell their stories as well and sort of revive and revitalize what this life is going to look like. And uh, it's, it's powerful stuff, y'all. It is. And I am really, really proud of what we've accomplished here so far in this journey. And um, part of that accomplishment is this greatness grounding. And I had a really great conversation with someone last night, um, kind of talking about this, that like beating people in this elitist mindset that some people are that much better than others because they're not. It's really a matter of investment. And that person's willingness to invest 
in themselves. And the only way that a person is going to be willing to invest in themselves is if someone kind of believes and buys into it too. And maybe saddles up and holds their hand and says, let's go. I see that in you, right? A light seer. I know that you can do this and I'm going to be here with you. I'm going to be right here. And, you know, I think sometimes, and I almost called my friend the other day because I was thinking about this. Am I a store owner or am I a publicist? Like, what exactly am I? Because I don't think that I'm a coach because I'm not really into this false motivation. Because I think if you're aligned, you'll be motivated. The doors will continue opening and it'll all fall into place. There won't be a lot of work. And I've seen this in my own life. I've seen this in multiple people's lives that I've been working with. I don't have to coach something that is ingrained. Like you'll show up for the work and the work will reveal itself as you continue showing back up. But if I got to call you and be like, Hey, did you write today? Are you doing this? Like, it's just not the right time for you. Maybe this was the first start of you taking that journey, but we shouldn't need someone prompting you to show back up for the work. Like motivation is really false. It just is. You shouldn't need help being motivated for something. Right? And it's clear and it's consistent alignment with what you believe in. That's your ability. That's what you should be doing, but it isn't it, it just it isn't <laughs> it isn't someone needing to prompt you. So um, we need someone to be, to believe. We do. and and I think it's a part of the belief journey. I think. Right, a guide. And I'll say in most parts of my life, I've had someone that I believed to be better and know more about me that came in and just bought into me and what I was capable of. And because of those people, <laughs> I am where I am today. And People would say early on in my journey, oh, you're so tall, I bet you're good at basketball. But no one in the basketball stratosphere ever really said, like, you'll go far in this, I believe in you, you look like you should be here. People said I was tall and so I should be good at basketball. And I was like, okay, well, that's close enough, right? But the first person to say that they believed in me was a volleyball coach. <laughs> And they said, you, you look like a volleyballer and we're going to keep you here. Like, this is your sport. And that really changed everything. And then the next person to say that they believed in me and that I was capable was my college volleyball coach. And stop Google, get out of here. Uh, and 
she didn't say that she believed in me and that I was capable of becoming like a division one athlete. She said that she believed in the kind of human that I was. And she believed that I was capable of accomplishing whatever I set my mind to. And it was right in a moment where I was about to just crumble as a human being. And she was like, you can do this. I know that you can do this. And it wasn't volleyball. It was life. My parents had inevitably abandoned me and not, not at a point where I needed taken care of, but it was at a point where you need the stability of a home life more than ever. And they basically abandon that stability. They abandon that security, right? Because they got a divorce and the one point in your life where you need home most, I didn't have it. And my coach really came alongside me and said, you are capable of handling this. You got this. And it's funny because we've talked about that moment, her and I, and as she saw it, she didn't, she just thought that I was doing that. I was already doing that. She didn't realize that I wasn't just handling all of this. So she didn't believe in me. She she already thought I was doing it, that I was handling it and that I was capable. She just thought that I was. She didn't know that I interpreted what she said that she believed that I was. And so then I just kept doing it. But I didn't feel like I was handling it all that great. And she believed that I was, which is crazy. Uh, <laughs> and so I think in everyone's journey, you kind of need that, that guide or that initial believer who says that you can do this. And I'm excited to be that for people. And, you know, as I kind of describe my role and my role is kind of confusing because I do not call myself a coach. Um, but I would call myself a guide or a, a prompt of continuation and I'll help as you get more, because I feel like in my journey, it was really about rediscovering and trusting my own intuition. And so as you get more in touch with your intuition, I just help point out where those things are naturally happening when you don't see it yourself, right? So I was working with someone on a project and this is like a whole different thing, but something that they always wanted to do. And I'm like, hey, I think you should go after this opportunity. Like, I think this is really where you're, you're gonna go. I truly believe that this, if this is your calling, like this is what's going to open up next. So let's apply for this thing. Oh, I couldn't, I don't even know what I would do. Da, 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 da. Okay. Okay. Well, um, okay. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. And it wasn't me motivating her. It was just like, you got to do this. And if we don't, that's okay. There'll be more opportunities, but 
you should do it. And you know what? It didn't take prompt. It didn't take motivation. She did it. She figured it out. The door opened and we just start walking down that path. But so often we forget how to trust our own intuition. We forget what it's like to walk through opening doors easily, right? With no issue. And I think a lot of people drive after, and this is the ego-based thing, drive after things that they have to force doors down for. And I know, because I did it. Trust me. (laughs) If anybody wants to break a door, it's this girl. Uh, Do not get yourself. Um, And I think we get so used to that resistance and that pushback that it's rather confusing, almost perplexing to just follow intuition and follow doors easily opening, right? We kind of take a step back, but like, whoa, what? That's too easy. I'm not used to not having a struggle. And then sometimes we hurt ourselves because we insert struggle. We're like, no, this is supposed to be harder. And then we make things more dramatic and crazy than they are. Like it really is not that crazy. And so I'll come in and help remove some of that because usually that's just a natural trauma response, especially for someone who's had similar to what I had, just constant doors closing and dreams ending and dying and the stress and the drama of all of that and the trauma around the dream dying. And so we sort of reinvent that at times. And sometimes that's not even related to dreams, that's related to other things, but we're used to sort of this trauma response and the drama drumming of what it's like to go after something that we really want. And that feels more natural than trusting the very undramatic opening of doors. And I work or guide to help you follow the doors that are opening. And you still have a choice, right? I'm not forcing you to even go through those doors. You can still choose more dramatic ones, but I'm always going to be drawing you back to where intuition is taking you, to trusting your own gut. That's always going to be my callback. And, uh, you know, I can't take on very many clients like that um, because of obviously how much work that is. That's a constant dream dying. I am thinking about opening up my books to probably take on about five clients, but um, it's only going to be able to be five because it is in-depth work. It's constant reflection on every single thing. Getting back to your intuitive, natural driving state is a constant question. It just is. Um, yeah. So, uh, my great thing, that's my great thing is helping to guide people towards their own greatness and being in a position where I get to do that all the time. Like the reason that it's working where we are, um, isn't because we have some sort of secret sauce or secret anything. It's, it's because there's constant connection. There's a driving force of belief in humans that really don't get that all that often. Rural communities kind of just get left to die. Like, oh, people who chose that life. No, 
No. I believe in the people who are here because I am one of them. Right? And it's this stair-step approach to going from believing to knowing and knowing to just walking. But we got to get back to believing first. And in order to do that, we kind of have to borrow some belief from someone else. And I'm excited to be the person that gets to do that. I really am. I. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so yeah, that is my great thing. Go ahead and take time for yourself. Recognize yourself for your greatness. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Um, what did I want to talk about today? What did I want to talk about? It was something like that. can't even remember what it was. I remember remembering about it. Um, I do. I really do. <laughs> I remember remembering about it. Um, nope. Nope. That was not helpful. Okay. Um, so, oh, I have a speaking event that's coming up at the end of March. I'm preparing for that. Um, <laughs> I, I am someone who struggles with the fold. I operate with what I can see. If I can't see it, I don't know that it exists. It's a struggle. And when I say struggle with the fold, listen, y'all. If it is on the next month, I do not see it until I flip to the next month. Like, my brain does not process it. It is not a thing. And it is a thing. And so that's a problem. But I'm just so visual. So I bought a um, big-ass calendar. That's what it's called. Literally the name. So don't mind me. And I thought, oh, that will work. Um, but it doesn't work for my brain because my brain needs to see the months as they cycle naturally, right? In the blocks, in the four weeks, I need to be able to see that. So <laughs> working on designing something that allows us to see all of the months, but not in the unnatural state. And I definitely have... Um, I have, um, <laughs> Ooh. wow, my brain just woke up. Hello. Good morning. You're awake. Hello, brain. I had something designed and, uh, I just haven't brought that concept to life yet. Um, but obviously I need to, just for myself, I have to see beyond the fold, beyond the flip, as I would call it. Um, 
like, it's okay for me to be operating day to day in this month, but I have to be able to see beyond that because so much is happening that I have to plan for. And if I get to the fold and there's something, everything's okay as long as it's on the third week. So this March thing is okay because it's on the third week. So if I would get to March, even though I'm planning for it now, and yesterday I had to start designing my giveaways and I made the coolest sticker sheet. I can't even with this design and I'm yes, obsessing about myself and how cool I am and all the things I know, but oh my gosh, it is so cool. I can't even with it right now. I can't, don't even want to. Um, dang it. It's epic. So epic. Um, regardless of that, made a super cool sticker sheet, had to go beyond the fold, um, and start planning for that. Cause obviously these things take time, especially when you need quantities of like two to 300. Um, and they have to be turned in early and uh, I gotta just get, I gotta print those things. It really is not that crazy. I think just a dry erase print would work perfectly fine. We've designed a dry erase sticker before. Not a big deal. We could design them in brand colors. Yeah, that's what we're going to have to do. And that'll work perfectly fine. And that could be a really actually cool backdrop for my office. And then the things that are hanging in my office right now could move to the sidewalls and yep, we could do that. We could live, uh, 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 we could live there. That would work. Okay. Um, so yeah, there you go. We just developed that concept. I've been thinking about this a lot, but not really knowing how to get it all on one thing. But now that I think about it, like it really is not that difficult and go. And I, I got the big ass calendar and I liked the concept of it, but it doesn't work for me because it doesn't break down the months the way that they actually operate. Like I need to know if that's in the third week and I need to be able to glance and see that very quickly. If they're all straight across, I can't see that. My brain can't, can't functionally operate in that. And I would love to sit here and say to all of you, oh my gosh, my brain works in the worst way. There, I just remembered what I was going to talk about today. Uh, <laughs> write that down. Yes. Sorry, I totally have to write that down and hopefully I don't lose. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so obviously I'm going to have to bring this prototype to life. People really like, and maybe I need to see if I could sell these. Um, maybe I need to talk to my printer. Well, I have a couple printers, but this one would be specifically for that. Maybe we could make a more scaled down version of that. We could do that. We could sell those. I could make those. We could sell them. I can make this other calendar product and we could sell it. I think that we'll do that. Okay. Um, 
Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're doing that. Okay. Okay. So basically I just need to see every single month. Otherwise I miss things on the fold. I am constantly behind. It really is. It's crazy. And maybe this is the bigger issue because I will say that I have no problem planning stuff. And I think that this is why when I can't see it. Oh, I had been saying, if, if I have to write the schedule down, and I've said this on the podcast before, but if I have to write it down, it really makes me nervous. But it doesn't make me nervous. I don't think it makes me nervous because I don't, because of the commitment of it. I think it makes me nervous because I can't see that far out in the bigger vision of things. Because of how calendars look, right? If I just have this planner, I can see this month. I can, yeah, I can put it all in there, but I'm not going to see that month until I flip the month. And then I'm behind because like, okay, fine. You know, maybe I just schedule everything on that third week. So if I get to the fold, if I get to the flip of the month then I could see it, but if I can't see it and how my schedule all plays out, then Ooh, we're in big trouble, right? And, oh, oh, and I'm such a physical person. I commit to my memory. I have to physically have it somewhere. But if I'm writing it physically in my book, my book is not capable of operating anywhere outside of the fold. I'm in trouble. Right? And you might go, well, that, that would be a great place to utilize um, digital calendars so that you could see all of that. And y'all, you're not wrong, but there is a physical exchange for me. And I think it has something to do with ADHD. I don't know exactly what it is, but I, I have heard that before. So we're going to say that that's it. Um, but yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I think we just unlocked like a next level fear or excitement. I'm not really sure what it is, but I am kind of here for what it is and, and how it works and how I fix some of my own organizational fears. (laughs) Y'all. Um, and it's again, it's not, it's not because I'm afraid and, and this is what I've been telling myself because I'm like, well, you know, I do like freedom, but I don't actually like freedom. Like it's not an important thing to me. Freedom is it. I have no problem working. And I say that all the time. Like, and I have no problem committing to something at all. Like I'll do it until it gets done. Not a question, because I have this commitment to the bigger vision, right? And I'm not scared of that. But when it comes to, maybe that's why I couldn't ever get myself around the fact that if I have to put it on the schedule, it makes me nervous. It does not make me nervous because I'm committed to it. It makes me nervous because I'm going to miss, and I know how important it is to the bigger vision, but I'm not going to be planning for it in enough advance because my brain needs to see 
all of it and where it sits and why it sits there and how I prepare for X, Y, and Z. <laughs> oh, 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 wow. So I'm not scared to commit. And that's why I couldn't get over that. Man, I love when I figure out things here. This is always such a great place to talk things through. Oh, thank you. Thank you to the technology people who made podcasting possible. Thank you to the people who listen to this show, who say, like, keep going. You've got this. There aren't even that many of you, but just because there are a couple of numbers, I'm like, yep, we keep going. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to turn out. I don't know what it's going to matter. Maybe the podcast never becomes anything. Maybe it becomes everything. I have no idea. I just know that it's important to document this. And I know that it's important for me to keep talking through why my brain works the way that it does. And here we are coming to a a very important conclusion as to why my brain works this way and what the fear is on taking on things. And it's not that I'm afraid of committing. And then it's not that I don't make a plan or that I can't handle a schedule. It's because I fear the fold. I fear things falling into the fold and falling off of my brain and my timeline. And I couldn't invent something because I didn't have the fear rate. I was like, no, I think I'm just afraid of commitment. I think that, that makes me really anxious and it doesn't. I'm afraid that something very important to the vision will fall off of my radar because it falls in the first two weeks of the month. And I'm not flipping. Like I am right here. I am on the month. I am in February until it's March. And then when it's March, I am in March. But for what I do, I have to be able to operate with all the months in mind. Wow. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. I've enjoyed spending time with you and I cannot thank you enough for making what I do possible. If you want to continue to support the show and therefore continue the development of everything that we're doing here with the death of a dream and the development of local and all of the platforms that allow dreamers to do, you can go ahead and connect with us on socials at local shop space and connect with me on socials at Hannah Nuss. And I would love to see you there. Go ahead and check out all of our websites and everything that we do here. I would love you to do all of that, to like, share, and and comment on everything that we're doing. But bottom line, I, I just want you to do your dreams. And as long as you're going after the things that set your heart on fire, that's all that really matters. Change the world.